You are listening to the Torah Sparks Podcast, the podcast that finds and ignites sparks of spiritual light and meaning in anything and everything, bringing out lessons and values straight from the Holy Torah. I am your host, Ori Strum. Let's jump right in. Hello and welcome back. You are listening to the Torah Sparks Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. If you are listening to this on Erev Yom Kippur, Tufshin Pay Bays 2021, then go ahead, grab something to eat. It is a mitzvah to eat today on this holy day of Erev Yom Kippur. If you are listening to this on Yom Kippur, well, then just that's an awkward head scratch. If you're listening to this post Yom Kippur, I hope you had a Gemar Chasim And if you're listening to this in the year 2050, just shoot me a hologram. I want to tell you a chilling story that is recorded in the Seder Hadoros, and it's also recorded in the Sefer Kav Hayashar. It's a chilling, fascinating, epic story with one of the students of the Ramban, Nachmanides. The student's name was Avner, and he became an apostate Jew. He threw away his Yiddishkeit, his Judaism, and his religious observance. In other words, he became an apikores. At some point, the Ramban approached Avner and asked him, What made you decide to go off the derech? And Avner, the student, replied that it was because of something that he, the Ramban, had taught him in one of his classes. Avner told the Ramban that one time he said, the following, everything can be found in Shiras Hazino, in the Song of Hazino, which is this week's coming Parsha. And Avner cannot grapple with this. He thought it was absurd. He couldn't wrap his head around the idea that literally everything, all of the commandments, all of the events of history, everything could be hinted to in the Shira of Hazino, in the Song of Hazino. How can that be? The Ramban told Avner, if you don't believe me, ask me for an example and I will answer you. Avner replied, okay, if it's true, then show me where my name, Avner, is alluded to in the Shira, in the Song of Hazino. And the Ramban, he prayed for divine inspiration, for Siyatid Ishmaya, for help from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to, to, to help him answer his Talmud, who was struggling with Yiddishkeit. And sure enough, it occurred to him where Avner's name was secretly hiding within the ancient words the biblical text of the Song of Hazino. In Parshas Hazino, Lamed Beis Chaf Vav 3226, the Torah says the words, Amarti afem zichram. I said I would scatter them to the corners. I would cause their memory to cease from man. If you observe the verse very closely, you may notice the third letter of each word. It actually spells out the name Avner. But it doesn't just spell the name Avner, it spells the name Reb Avner. The third letter of the first word in that Pasuk, Amarti, is Resh, stands for Reb. The third letter of the second word, Afeim, is an Aleph. The third letter of the third word, Ashbisa, is a Bez. The third letter of the fourth word, Me'anosh, is a Nun. And the third letter of the last word, Zichram, is a Resh. It spells Reish Aleph Beis Nun Reish, Reb Avner. And this is what the Ramban showed to his student Avner. And after hearing this most incredible piece of information, Avner did teshuva and returned to the path of Yiddishkeit. And the Lobavitch Rebbe points out an amazing thing. And that is, despite the fact that Avner strayed far from the proper path of Judaism, his name was nevertheless recorded in the Torah with the title Reb 
Avner, with that rash in the beginning, referring to his status as a fully observant Jew, for this was indeed his true essence. And I know what you're thinking. This story is unbelievable. I should ask my rabbi to daven hard and, and tell me where my name is hinted to in the Song of Azino. But that's not the message that we're supposed to take from the story. The message that we are supposed to take from the story is that each of us, at our core, has a special place in the Torah. And in that special place, wherever that might be, our true essence is alluded to there. You see, Avner went off the derech. Avner left Yiddishkeit. He became an apostate Jew, but his Yiddishkeit never left him. He may have gone off the derech, but his true derech was still embedded deep within the fibers of his being. Avner was really Reb Avner all along, for that was his true essence. You may have heard the concept of a pintalayid, that aspect of godliness, the chilek alokami ma'al, the neshama shenasata bi tahorahi, the aspect of godliness that is contained within each and every one of us. In fact, I was actually recently looking through the Sefer Halichus Shlomo from her Shlomo Zalman Orbach. In the back of the Sefer, in the Mamarim, he brings a fascinating minog. He says, Nagu, hello Nagu, kol Yisrael likra l'tor l'chol adam b'tor. Every Jew, when they get called up to the Torah, you know what expression the Gabbai should use? Reb Ploni, Ben, Reb Ploni. Uminhag Yisrael Torahi, says Rav Shlomo Zalman. Uminhag Yisrael Torahi, this is such a strong minhag. Now, in Chutzlar, it's in America, very often, Gabbaim, when they call up someone for an aliyah, we don't use that expression, Reb, for just everybody. However, in our Tisrael, many times, many shuls, many Gabbaim do use this. But the concept is clear. The concept is that each and every one of us is a Reb Ploni, Ben Reb Ploni. And even if you're a woman, the idea is the same. Not that you're a rabbi, but the idea is that within each and every one of us, we have an aspect of Reb, an aspect of that master within us, that that mima'al within us, that pintala nishama within us, that nishama shinasata bitorahi within us, and that's yearning to come out. That is our true essence. That is our core. It's very interesting, you know, over Yom Kippur, we strike our chests, we hit ourselves many, many times when we say the Asham news, the Bagad news, the Alchets. And last year, or maybe it was two years ago, I decided, you know what, I'm going to actually count the number of times. I'm curious how many times we actually do it. So instead of davening on Yom Kippur and paying attention during Ne'ilah, I literally just sat there counting. No, I'm kidding. I didn't do that. I must have counted after or before. I don't remember. But the point is, we, we hit ourselves 660 times. 660. And incredibly, there is one Pasuk in the entire Torah that has this exact gematria of 660. It's a Pasuk in Parshas Balak where Bilam said the words, Ma Ekov Lo Kabok El Uma Ezom Lo Zaam Hashem. How can I curse? God has not cursed. How can I anger? Hashem is not angry. And Rabbeinu B'chaya on this Pasuk explains that Bilam was saying the following, What point is there in my cursing the Jews when Hashem has not cursed the same people 
first. Balaam refers to the fact that even when the Jewish people had deserved to be cursed after their disloyal acts committed during the episode of the Egel Hazav, the golden calf, Hashem still did not cease to love them. And Bilam knew this because of a few things. The Ananiah Kavod, the Mun, and the Be'er, the well, did not stop providing aid to the people in the desert. And because of this, Bilam understood that God's love for the Jewish people did not cease to exist. And historically, we know the sin of the golden calf of the Egel Azov is strongly linked to the holiday of Yom Kippur. Rashi tells us on the 10th of Tishrei on Yom Kippur, Hashem was placated towards the Jewish people joyfully and wholeheartedly. And he said to Moshe, Salachti kidvarecha, I have forgiven in accordance with your words. And he gave Moshe the second set of luchos. Moshe subsequently descended from the mountain and began to give the commands to the Jewish people regarding the work of the Mishkan. That took place on Yom Kippur. And this verse, is the only Pasuk in the Torah with the gematria of 660. The exact amount of times we hit ourselves, we strike our lave, our chest, during the holiday of Yom Kippur. And there's this notion and this feeling as we're saying the vidoy, this confession to Hashem about our mistakes, and we're talking about our sins and our mistakes, we must realize and not forget that Hashem's love for us does not cease to exist. Hashem loves us indefinitely. And the opportunity to admit to our wrongdoings and to make a resolve to change, that is what we're doing. And it's coming from this place of love and connection. And that's such a crucial idea when we're coming into Yom Kippur to realize this. Hashem loves us and wants a connection with us. Another imagery, perhaps, that we can use when we hit ourselves many, many times, we're knocking. We're knocking on our chest. What are we doing when you knock? When you knock on a door, you're expecting someone to answer. When someone knocks on your door, they are expecting you to answer. And the same is true when we knock on ourselves 660 times over the course of Yom Kippur. You know what we're doing? We're waiting for someone to answer. Who's that someone? Knock, knock, who's there? We're waiting for the better version of ourselves to answer. We're waiting for that pintalayid inside to answer. We're waiting for that neshama shenasat bitari to answer. We're waiting for that reb part of us, that Reb Avner part of us, to answer. And this is part of Teshuva, is coming back and realizing that we have what it takes. It's within us. We're holy. We're pure. And any wrongdoing sin that I may, that I might have done, that's really beneath me. I'm above that, Hashem. I'm, I'm so much bigger than that. I'm, I'm a Reb. I, I'm connecting to my Neshama aspect of me. May we all have a meaningful Yom Kippur and be signed and sealed in the book of life.